All right, and the reason I'm not speaking today is because I run a leadership class in this church, um, and I run it for people that approach me and say, hey, I feel a call into ministry. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what to do with that call. And when I get enough of those people together, and usually that's about three, um, I will run a class. It's a leadership class that I put together. Um, it's not the end all of end all, I'm just telling you. Um, but it's a, it's a nine-week class, two hours basically um, each week on Saturday morning, and we run it. And in the course of that, we talk about leadership, and we talk about preaching, and we talk about studying, and we talk about putting messages together. And uh, generally speaking, um, if a student puts together a message that I just feel like, hey, this needs to be heard, um, they, they did a great job. Um, then uh, I will make time for them, usually in the summer, um, to do that. And it just so happens that the three students that I had this time um, did such a good job that I really, I, I'm just excited to say we've got one here, one in the middle of the summer, and one at the end of the summer. And uh, I'm stoked about what the Lord said. And I said, you know, you just got to share this with our congregation. And so what a Sunday morning to have Stephanie come on up here and share this message with us this morning. <laughs> Good morning, Vineyard. It is so good to see all your faces. I am Stephanie Libby, if you haven't met me. If you have, I'm Steph Libby, and you can call me that now, too. Um, James and I have been coming to the Vineyard pretty much from the beginning. We have four kids. One's married. Ooh, ooh, only three left at home. So if you don't know us from the worship team or from the prayer team, you are one of the godliest godly people and teach my children over in the children's ministry. But we have been doing a class with Pastor Joe this summer and it has been so wonderful to just be able to learn how to write down what it is that God is speaking and what it is that he's been telling me in my life and um, just as things go forward um, and all the things that have played out in the past, what, month, I'm so thankful to be able to share what he's been telling me. So let's go to um, God with a word in prayer before I start to thank him. Thank you, Jesus, for the lives that are here. Thank you, God, that whether we got out of the bed this morning and something horrible was going on, that we made it here. Thank you, God, that if we got up and it was just a smooth sailing ride, that we hear something from you that you want us to hear. God, that you remove anything from me that is of me that you speak through me, Jesus, that you bring the Holy Spirit near to all of us. God, I just pray that hearts are opened, that fears are removed, that any shame or um, condemnation just flees in this message, God, and we praise you for what you've done. Amen. So if you have your Bible, you can open up to Psalm 34, 1 through 7, and if you don't, what we talk about will be up here on the screen. Um, we always do like a psalm song in the summertime, so it's funny that um, usually when they put those together, the message goes with the songs. And it's so funny to me that I or Pastor Joe or whoever's speaking, we hardly ever look to see what the service is going to look like. But then this morning we're worshiping and I'm like, wow, thanks Jesus. <laughs> That's a little cherry on top. So we're in Psalms and this is David. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak of his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those to look to him will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. 
In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Now, the thing I really love about David is that throughout his life, from beginning to end, he's a fleer. I mean, he's a runner. Um, He is the baby of seven brothers. And if you are like me and you're the baby of your family, then you're used to being introduced that way. This is so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, and this is our baby. So David was probably used to that. He was a shepherd. He was a warrior. He killed Goliath with a stone. He was also a writer of these psalms. He was a harpist. He was a singer. He was a king. But in a lot of his life, he didn't get it right. There were things that he just could not get right. And there were things that he could not um, go to and do without Jesus, without God's help. And he knew it. The characteristics I love of David is that he has the willingness to acknowledge his mistakes, the humility to recognize he was weak, courage to step up, challenging situations he does. He has a strong passion and a love for God, and he has the strength to change. I love hearing that David was a man after God's own heart. And anybody that has read the Bible even a little bit knows that that doesn't mean he got it right all the time. He was a man after God's own heart that sincerely in this psalm had fled from Saul because Saul was afraid he was going to take over and be king. Hey, spoiler alert, he was. He was anointed to be the king. David was fleeing from something that was going to happen anyway. He was in a cave alone hiding because he was scared. In Isaiah 63, it tells us, I was distressed. And the angel of his presence saved me. In his mercy and love, he redeemed me. He lifted me up and carried me all my days. See, fear makes us flee, but God sets us free every time. Now, as you can tell, I am from eastern Kentucky, a holler. And where I'm from, it's quite normal to live next door to your grandparents or your aunt and uncle. In my case, that uh, both both. So it was like having two families really all the time. We couldn't get away with anything. <laughs> but when I was little and my mama had had enough of my mouth, and I don't know why because I was very quiet and very shy, <laughs> she would stick me out on the carport and I had this little, um, it was my favorite little ride-on toy and it was a shoe, a little shoe, and I would just ride on it, ride on it. But Every single time, (laughs) my grandfather, Papa, I would get on that little shoe and I would just holler immediately, Papa, Papa, come and get me, Papa, Papa, she's mean, come and get me. And I don't know, like, how that man, I don't know if he had radar. I don't know if he just was outside all the time, just waiting for me to get in trouble, or if he could hear me, I was just that loud. Who knows? But it was well before the baby monitor, so he, he did not have that. But here he would come. I don't remember him ever not coming. If I screamed loud enough, if I hollered long enough, <laughs> he was coming. He would come down in this six-foot-five guy, big overalls, like little old men did back there, 
and his little ba- his cap pulled down. And he would say, well, come on, Steph, in that gruffy voice. And he would just pick me up and put me on his hip or wherever. Come on, Steph, let's go. And that man would carry me to his house. And we would go in, and some days my mama would make me some cookies and milk in her fine china that we did not use any other time, just the cookies and milk. Or he would make me rest. Sometimes he had me lay on the couch, just, you need to settle down, get over here. We've all had that moment with kids, just lay down. And sometimes he just had me sit there with him. And he'd say, what's going on? What's wrong? And he just let me tell him, this is, this is what I was trying to do, and this is why I got in trouble, and she's so mean, and this is what's going on. I want to add in this that this was my mother's in-laws. This was my daddy's daddy. <laughs> so my mother knew this man was going to come and get me every time. So here I was, and I would just lay it all out. Now, I am telling you the man never didn't send me home. Every single time, whether it was that I had to just come and take a nap or have something to eat or to tell my story, I still had to go home. I still had to face the music, and I knew that I had to. But there was just something about that break in my temper tantrum or whatever that was going on that removed me just long enough to be in the presence of someone who loved me so much that he jerked me out of what I was going through and took me to him. And he didn't take me to him and do anything other than fulfill what it was. A need for food, a need for a nap, a need to be heard. So when we are in the middle of fleeing, We feel like that we're really doing something bad, but what really is going on is that God's given us the the spirit of a fight or flight situation, right? So we're either going through something so horrible that we're just too scared to move, or we're going through something so horrible that we're taken out of here. It's too much. I am not doing that. So we had Jonah. He absolutely was not going to Nineveh. He stayed three days in the belly. You know, I mean, he's going to go do what he's supposed to do. We have Noah. He did do what he was supposed to do, and everybody thought he was nuts. But he still did it, and he saved humanity. Moses. Poor Moses. I mean, he was, his birth was sent out in a basket to get away. He was fleeing before he could flee. And he was a murderer who then absolutely led his people out of Egypt and part of the Red Sea. So we go through our life, and we're not going to escape trouble. We're not going to escape hurtful, horrible, cave-like moments. Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged. I am your God. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Joshua 1.9. And we all know Joshua 1.9. Every one of us. But when the stuff keeps going and going and going... Do we speak it out loud? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You see, the Lord's going to be with us when everything is awesome and we are marrying the love of our life and everything is going to be sunshine and kittens for the rest of our lives. But God is also with us 
inside the darkest, deepest cave that either we've gotten ourselves in, because let's be honest, it's not always somebody else's fault. Sometimes it's mine. And he's going to be with us in those caves when somebody has chased us in there. And it is not our fault that we're going down. But we are. And we're stuck in there. And we're just trying to see a light. But you see, in this church, I love it so much because worship fills our darkest places. We don't want to raise our hands. We don't want to jump up and down. We don't even want spirit fingers. Because he is not our favorite person right now, like Janice preached last week. And he doesn't have to be. He does not have to be our favorite person right now for us to recall out loud like David did in this psalm, you are righteous, you are this, you are that. And it's literally fake it till you make it at that point. Now my same little papa, I don't say grandfather because I'm country, but my same little papa, this big, huge, big man, just literally the love of all of our lives. Um, just um, woke up one morning and we discovered that he had what was immediate onset Alzheimer's or immediate dementia. And it was the strangest thing too because he like just went to bed one night and woke up the next morning and barely knew where he was or who he was or who was with him or where he was. And in those moments... We all kind of just surrounded him. My, my aunt and my dad the, and my mom and her nobody left him alone. My grandma was always with him. He was never alone. And there were times that he was in and out, like he would know and then he wouldn't. But I was in one weekend relieving them, and he did not know who I was that whole day. Um, and it was fine. I mean, if you've ever dealt with a family member that's been through dementia or Alzheimer's, you know. You just go with the flow. You just go with the flow. It's going to come back or it's not. But we were going to bed. And so we get him into bed. And he's, oh, I've got to go to the bathroom. I've got to go to the bathroom. So we try to get, we, me and him, are trying really hard to figure out how to get this big, huge 6'5 bed out of his bed. Um, and at the time, I, I think I was a lot smaller. But <laughs> he could make it to the edge. He made it to the edge. And he just sit there. And he just breathed. And I said, okay, you've got to stand up now. You've got to stand up. Let's stand up. It took him a long time. He stood up. He said, oh, I'm just so tired. I just, I just, I'm so tired. And I said, okay, okay, let's just do this together. Let's, let's step. you just got to take a step. We're going to go to the bathroom. And so in this dark, dark room, his bedroom, I recall not seeing anything but the light in the bathroom. That was where we were going. We were going to there. And it was so dark. But he, he did. Here, took a step. Here, take another one. Take another one. And he did. And then I don't know where the light came from. I have no idea where the light came from. But that huge man looked down at me in a lot. And he said, oh, Steph, Steph, I am so tired. I am so scared. I can't breathe. I don't know where I'm going. It is dark. Can you just do the stepping for me? And I will never 
not remember that moment. I will never not remember that this huge man, a symbol of strength, a symbol of dignity, a, a symbol of, for our family, togetherness. And he knew me in that second. He did not know me the second before, but he knew me in that second. And by him knowing me in that second, you better believe that I know that Jesus Christ did. I saw my life the way that God sees me when I looked up and saw that man in the light. Jeremiah says, sing to the Lord. Give praise to the Lord. He rescues those in need from the hand of the enemy. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you. Lord, they will bring glory to your name, for you are great and you do marvelous things. You alone are God. And see, point three, we recognize God's voice. We do. If you've spent any time with him in prayer or in worship or reading, you know when he's speaking to you, it's your gut. You don't have to have an audible voice that you hear, but you know. You know because you can feel him. But the best part about that is that God knows our voice too. It is distinct and it's ours and it's, it's our communication with him and our worship with him where we do get to recognize his voice. But even better, the father hears his children's voice. He wants to hear us praise him. He wants us to say, I'm fleeing. I'm out of here. Because if, if I do any stepping, it's going to be you. I'm not doing it. Now, I once heard, because I read and read and read about Alzheimer's after he was passed away, and I heard, I read somewhere that somebody described dementia and Alzheimer's like this. You young people won't know, but my age and older are going to know. You know, back in the good old days, you had to, like, move the radio station like this. <laughs> if you wanted to hear Rick Dees and the Weekly Top 40, you had to find it, you know? If you wanted to hear... Um, Oh, I can't remember, Paul something. Paul Harvey, then you had to turn it. And to get there, you turn. Well, this is Paul Harvey. Or Rick D's on the weekly top 40. <laughs> but in between, it was nothing but static. In between finding the place on that radio station that you wanted, it was nothing but static. You couldn't hear a thing. But once you tuned right in, it was there. You see, there's no static with God other than the crap that's going on in our lives. There is no static with God other than what we feel around us so that we don't have to listen to him. Other than the things that other people feel around us so that we're not listening to him. But when we dial in and we worship, he is already dialed in. He's right there. He is the station. We're the people doing this. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, has been given to us forever. What I love so much about David and in this situation in the cave is that David knows God. He knows him. He knows that he's been there before and he knows that he'll be there again. But in that moment, he's in the dark and he's staying there. But what he's not going to do is moan and groan. He's going to worship and he's going to thank him for what he's done. He's going to thank him for what he's about to do. And he's going to thank him for that moment of solitude where he just gets to sit in his presence and figure out what to do next.
Because we all have to gather ourselves sometimes, don't we? We all have to have that moment when we're just like, I don't have anything else to give. I don't. I have been a good Christian, and I just don't deserve this. Well, we do, number one. We don't get what we deserve. But we all have those caves. But John 14, 16, and 17 says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, to never leave you, and be with you forever. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor is looking for him, but you know him, you know him, because he lives within you and will be with you always. And also the Bible tells us in Romans 8, 26, that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray. We don't know how to even speak to God about our loss and our disappointment, our fear, our loneliness, our anger, or just straight-up frustration with God himself, not just with humans, not just with ourselves or our husbands or our wives or whatever, our kids especially, even our frustration with him. Why aren't you doing this? You could if you wanted to. Why aren't you? Why aren't you? But God says the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, He intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. This Holy Spirit, He does that stepping for us. We just look up and we we just say out loud, Holy Spirit, come. I am not taking another step because I'm afraid. And we don't even have to say it out loud. The groanings from within, He relays to God. He goes and He says, Stephanie is scared to death she will never have a baby. Stephanie is scared to death because her grandpa's sick. Stephanie is scared to death because her son is sick. Stephanie's sewer went out one more time. (laughs) And if you know us, it was a lot. (laughs) But he knows this already. And when we raise our hands in worship just to acknowledge, you are good. You do what you say. You're here all the time anyway you said you were. You said you would never leave us. So here, I'm just going to sit down here and you pick me up and you walk me through because it is too dark and I'm too scared. And I'm too hurt. This hurts. Pastor Joe always says hurt hurts and it does. Don't mean it's going to be easy. He never said it was going to be. But he did say he'd never leave us. And he won't. My message version of this Psalm 34 is just so beautiful. (laughs) And the message version often just like, it's wonky. But in this version, God is listening, ready to rescue you. If your heart is broken, If you're kicked in the gut, he will help you catch your breath. Disciples so often get into trouble. Still, God is there every time. He's your bodyguard, shielding every bone. Not even a finger gets broken. And I don't know about you, but I don't feel that all the time but I know it. So even when we don't feel it, 
We know it because we know him. And even when we don't want to, we will raise our hands and we will praise him. How many worship songs just say, this is a great life, thank you so much. No, we worship through the bad stuff and we worship him and praise him for the good stuff. And in every situation, we know that he knows who we are. We know that he hears our voice and there is no static there. But it's our responsibility to turn it to the next station and get rid of our static. Because if we don't, that's our fault. That's on us. You see, we're going to ask him to do that stepping for us, but we're going to have to move. David didn't stay in the cave. He got out, finally. And he went back many times, but he got out, finally, and he became king. And he didn't have all of his problems be gone then either. It's not going to happen. But what he did know was he was going to worship. He knew that God knew him, and he knew God, and he was going to worship. He was going to tell him, I did it, it was me, but you're awesome. And in those moments, that is why I love him so much, is because I don't know that I get it right all the time. I know that I get it wrong a lot of the time. And I, I've been some, through some stuff. And I'll stand over there and jump up and down because I love Jesus and I'm going to praise him. But sometimes, man, it's just rough. But I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to know that the Holy Spirit is going to cover me when I don't tell him what's wrong. The Holy Spirit's going to tell him. When I don't want to talk to him and he's not my favorite person, the Holy Spirit's going to tell him, she's just saying that. You know? And I know there's so much going on right now in our congregation and in our world that we don't always know what to say and we don't always know what to do for the people that are hurting, for ourselves that are hurting. We don't always know how to approach people that are going through devastating things. Devastating. But we know how to worship. And in that, he's going to hear our hearts He's going to hear our words, and we're going to fake it till we make it, every time. We're going to worship, and we're going to praise him, and we're going to tune that radio as many times as we have to until he comes back, and we don't have to deal with that anymore. But I just really am thankful that you guys let me share my heart today, and I want to say a prayer. God, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you so much for the lives that you have allowed us to live Thank you, God, for being here today, for sending us your Holy Spirit, for making him our advocate, someone who fights for us, someone who speaks the truth for us, that does the stepping. And God, help us to step. Help us to keep in step with every single thing that he has told us we should. Help us to keep in step with those that are hurting, with those that other people think don't deserve it, for those that do deserve it, but, but maybe they think they do too much. Help us to love them too. Help us to reach out to someone we would never reach out to because Jesus would. Help us to believe. Help us with our unbelief. Help us to just hear your voice clearer. Come through the stations when we can't turn at Jesus. We praise you for the things you've done. We remember and we recall all the things that you do for us, that you have done for us, and that you will do for us. We praise you in the middle of this dark cave. 
Show us the light, Lord. Amen. As the worship team comes out and the prayer team comes up, any time during this song you can come up for prayer. And we're not hokey-dokey around here, but we do pray. We pray a lot. And these people want to pray with you. They want to hear what you are going through. And even if you don't tell them, even if you have to come up with the groanings of words that cannot be expressed, they want to pray for you in Jesus' name. They want you to be healed in Jesus' name. They want you to be forgiven in Jesus' name. They want you to have strength in Jesus' name. They want you to be humble in Jesus' name. They want you to step in Jesus' name. So anytime during this song, for any reason, come on up.